This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mug Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and term supply. See mcdonalds.com. He knocks it inside to Brazier Pires, steps away from the attention to Smith. Pires now finds Bay and Fenix. Bay and Fenix, pass two, pass three. He's clipped there, but he's still going. Referee plays advantage. That's a penalty! Bay and Fenix, Buster taking on, Mason taking on five players, beat the lot. A pat down in the penalty area. Live interviews. When I was using my material longevity to give me lessons, and I said to him, one day you're going to, I said to him, one day you're going to, I'm going to be playing with you. And it was the beat that he was the one that I remember him going down to the line and just crossing it back and me sliding in with my left foot all them years ago and putting it in. And I think, I, I, I remember it and I know nearly every single Wednesday fan remember it because they keep telling me about it now. Expert analysis. It's hard to actually stop naming players. Gus Sell. Uh, you know what I mean? It's, say again. Hello. Alright, oh, there. Okay. That was strange, you just said hello. Well, most of the time, anyway. Homesdale Radio. www.holradio.net Hello, and welcome to Homesdale Radio. My name is Chris Hambling, and I am... I'm back. It's amazing, isn't it? Um, with me today, I have Mr. Joe Holyoke. Hi, Joe. Hello, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, good. Um, you weren't expecting us to be live today, were you? No, I thought it was a podcast, so I'm going to have to yeah. not swear as much. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, we were, I think, you know, we kind of rushed ourselves back a little bit, but um, the main reason for that is we've got a, a couple of um, new presenters we're trying out. Uh, they are Stuart Shave and Tony Pierce. Um, first of all, hi, Stuart. Hi, Chris. How you doing? I'm not too bad at all. Um, you know, well, you know what I was like off air, but um, on air, I'm fine. Yeah, you sound um, quite professional on air. <laughs> that's right, yeah. And, uh, well... Let's let's hear a little bit about yourself. How long you've been the Palace fan? Oh, um, cool on the spot straight away. Um, early eighties is when I'm, I first went to Selhurst. Um, my dad took me along when I was about uh, must have been about eight or nine, I think. And the first match was a Liverpool game, which we drew two two, and and it just it just happened from there really. Um, I was I was at the FA Cup final in the nineties, season ticket holder early early in the nineties, and uh, watched. That team flourished really with the bright, right Thomas, Andy Gray, Nigel Martin era, and yeah, and then into the dark days of administration really, and uh, and back out again, and here we are again in the Premiership, and it's just uh, it's just fantastic really. This summer has been an absolute pleasure, just sort of reading all the names that we're being linked with, and whether or not we'll get them on um, in the team is is another matter, but just seeing our names linked with those players is yeah. is pretty special. Well, that's obviously that's that's what we're here to talk about today. A lot of um, a lot of names being linked, and obviously Matt done some business already, both going out and, and coming in. Um, and obviously we'll have a have a look at pre-season and basically looking at the fact that we're now a Premiership club. And unfortunately, we're now a Premiership radio station, so we've got to make ourselves, you know, somewhat professional or something. Uh, talking of somewhat professional or something, hi Tony. Hi gents, how you doing? Really well, good. Well, no one else is talking to you; it's just me now. Um, so, uh, same as same question as Stuart, really. Let's have a little bit about yourself before we get on with the show. Yeah, I sort of um, 
semi-followed Palace uh, since a kid, but really got seriously involved um, the season of 2002. I uh, went to my first ever away game, which was the Liverpool Cup match, where we won 2-0. Um, and then steadily more and more become much more of a fanatic and got my first season ticket over the last couple of years. Uh, spent a season sitting with the fanatics, which was interesting enough and mm-hmm. um, wanted to get more and more involved and hence contacted you guys. Fantastic. Well, it's good to have you both on board. We'll, uh, well, we'll be interested to hear from the listeners how the, uh, how the lads get on. Um, they've got for a couple of stages just to get here. So well, obviously we're, um, you know, we're, we're relatively happy they've got something to offer, but we'd love to hear your feedback on how they do. Put them under pressure. We'll try not to disappoint. Yay. Um, right. What we, as, we, as we mentioned, what we're here to do today in some form is to talk basically about what's happened so far in pre-season. It's not a huge amount to talk about there, but you know, we'll have a little, have a little chat about the, um, what the team have been up to, uh, the, the one friendly that's gone on so far, what that squad looked like, who the trialists were, that sort of thing. Well, we're going to try and talk about who the trialists were. I'm not sure how inf- much information we got for you. Um, then we're going to have a, qu- a look over what's really occupying all of our minds at the moment, and that's, that's the transfers. We've made three signings, three permanent signings. Um, but obviously there's all sorts of talk in the paper, and, and I think it was mentioned in our pre-show chat that uh, Jose Campagna uh, looks very much like he'll be signing, I think it was tomorrow. Was that so? Who mentioned that to me? Uh, it was me. It was uh, Paris has tweeted about seven o'clock this evening. He said, um, "All being well," and uh, emphasised the word "hopefully." <laughs> uh, he'll be signing tomorrow, just in case any disappointed on any disappointed people online tomorrow if he doesn't sign. <laughs> Always the way. Uh, but we'll have a little chat about him uh, in a very very short while. Um, but I, th- I suppose probably the first thing to do really is is, is say you know we're here to uh, talk to you guys as well. As always, be nice, you know, help us get back into the swing of things. It is only pre-season for us. We're just trying to get our uh, get our match fitness back, and um, hopefully you can uh, help us do that. You can contact us. It's on Twitter. It's at HLL Radio. Uh, you can go on Facebook. We've um, hopefully be a bit more active on Facebook this season because we've actually worked out how people can see what we're writing now, which makes a huge difference. Um, if you go to facebook.com forward slash HLL Radio, you can message us on there on any stick something on our wall or comment on any one of our statuses and we'll uh, pick up your message you can obviously email us it's radio at homesdale.net um but yeah it'd be great to hear from you so hopefully as the uh, season gets underway we'll have a new phone number for you as well can they ring currently. us no they can't no no they can't not at all <laughs> anyway okay. um we'll, we'll be right. moving into the 90s before the season starts <laughs> No, we're going to get a telex. Does anyone remember a telex? Anyway, <laughs> yeah. uh, that's a distraction. Um, I'll tell you what, what we'll do, we'll have, a, we'll have a quick break for news in brief and then we'll be back to talk pre-season. All the latest news from around Selhurst Park. This is News in Brief. The Palace Development Squad travelled to East Grinstead last Friday evening for the second successive year for the first pre-season friendly of the season. The Eagles ran out winners at the GAC Stadium with a brace from Kwesi Apar and goals from Jake Gray, Ishmael Hamadat, Jake Nicholson and Mark Henry Francis, ensuring the youngsters finished the game 6-0. I've just noticed how badly written that is, it says. Yeah, it's pre-season. Pre-season season. Can't say season twice. Sack the writer. Italian Cup winners Lazio come to town for a glamour friendly at Sellers Park on Saturday, August the 10th. Before the game, supporters will get the chance to applaud their Wembley heroes as Ian Holloway's men parade a playoff trophy during a special lap of honour at 1.45pm. Match kicks off at 3pm, so get your tickets for this final game before the big kickoff. What promises to be a memorable day at the Palace, just a week before the Premier League gets underway. Our tickets are available now for the game. It's uh, being sold in the main stand, Homestale, Upper and Lower, and the White Horse, so the Arthur Weight looks close for that. Just check the main website, cpfc.co.uk, for that. Today is the last day fans have the opportunity to claim one of the remaining seats from the limit of 16,000 season tickets. Palace do not expect there to be tickets available on match days this coming season, with season ticket holders, 4,000 members and the 6,000 tickets allocated for away fans, corporates, executive boxes, disabled fans, players, staff and media. There is still time to get your, uh, gear, uh, to get your seat guaranteed. Visit the official site, cpfc.co.uk, for details. News in brief. Okay, well, hopefully you'll uh, agree the lads did very well with the uh, incredibly poorly written news in brief. Uh, but, um, yeah, so we want to start talking really about what's happened pre-season so far. You'll be, you'll be aware, hopefully, like the rest of us here, that um, 
The team went to a training camp in Portugal, and there's been plenty of coverage from the official website on, on what happened out there and the fact there's a few trialists and what have you. Uh, trialists worth sort of mentioning. There's um, uh, Quincy Awusu uh, Obeye, um, former Arsenal winger, who's been um, he's been out there with the squad. You could see him in a couple of photos, and that's that's an interesting one. See no real knowledge on whether he's going to sign on a permanent basis or not, but um, very fast, tricky winger. Uh, there was a giant striker who's caused much consternation, particularly <laughs> on the BBS. There's a whole thread on there for him. Um, he's just been described as unknown. But I think someone did work out who it was. It was an Albanian striker or something. I don't know if anyone's got any knowledge on that. I'm going to actually dig it out while I'm, while I'm talking and pre- presenting and things. Let's see if it's as seamless as I imagine it's going to be. Uh, but basically, yeah, the, the, the team had a, a, you know an overseas training camp to sort of get... the sort of spirit back and what have you i think they come back on friday and um now the um you know the main body of pre-season starts with a first team friendly starting uh with dagenham on saturday and uh closely followed by gillingham on the tuesday which we'll be providing commentary from uh the striker i was thinking of see i managed to talk it's great <clears throat> was at the hey uh he's a six foot six inch uh striker or Austrian of Albanian descent uh, who'd been on loan from Rapid Vienna at a cl- cl- club in Turkey I'm not even going to try and pronounce uh, but yeah we think think that was the, the guy who was on trial at Palace it says on Wikipedia that he was considered not good enough and we didn't offer a contract so there you go but um, yeah, obviously but that, Chris. <laughs> yeah you could easily have done yeah <laughs> uh, that's, that's the one, one thing I won't be using for this transfer window is Wikipedia as a source it's um <laughs> It's amazing how quickly it gets updated. I did enjoy that. The rumour was that that player was, um, oh, who was it? Hugo Almeida for ages, and that, that was amusing me knowing. But it was the, the fantastic part about that was, I don't know if you guys saw it on the, on the BBS, but there was, um, there was people continuously arguing about the fact that, that Hugo Almeida has tattoos on his leg, right? On both legs. <laughs> and this guy didn't have tattoos. So they're like, it just, so it's not him, is it? You can't magically. I suppose you could have had laser treatment to get rid of him just to keep his identity a secret. I don't know. It's just crazy, really. Um, Medical advances have come a long way. <laughs> they, they have indeed, yeah. Just be a hell of a lot of effort to go to to avoid being spotted at a training camp uh, for Palace. But there you go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's the usual stuff. I, I mean, this is what I love about pre-season, and I'll get your opinions on this if I can, guys. It's, it's, the, it's the kind of hysteria, isn't it? There's so so little news. There's not really... You're sort of clinging to all the uh, newspaper reports that you treat with disdain during the season. They're just trying to fill their column inches and blah, 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 blah. Everyone takes every word seriously, don't they? And then you end up making stuff up yourself. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't done that myself yet. I mean, you, you come up with anything good, Stuart? Um, not yet, but I'm getting close to it. Put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's Saturday <laughs> afternoons are the, are the trying times. <laughs> uh, I've just got an interesting note from the producer. I won't read it out on air, but... Um, hmm. I'm too sure what he's going with there. I hope he didn't do what he said. Um, <laughs> obviously, the one the one friendly that has been played that we talked about in in uh, news in brief was uh, I don't know if it's still the GAC trophy, but obviously East Grinstead have a play at the GAC Stadium, and they're obviously our main sponsor, so it's, it seems to be like it's an annual event anyway. We sent a development squad down there who fared a lot better than the development squad of the previous season. Uh, all I can really remember about that game was Antonio Pedroza played for us up front and. Um, was considerably the worst player on the pitch, uh, and Calvin Andrew hit me with a shot, which was fantastic. Really, yeah. I feel honoured. I mean, he finally yeah. got one on target then. Yeah, he certainly did. I think he noticed me laughing quite. So, yeah, just trying to take me out. But um, yeah, no, it was uh, yeah. So six six nil victory. I didn't go to that one myself, um, but obviously the the you know there's plenty of reports on on the is a report on the official site about the game. To be fair, and um, what I want to take the guys through is is the lineup. Um, it's, it's some interesting names in there, and we'll see we'll see what we've got about them. Obviously, if any listeners want to uh, want to tweet any opinions on that uh, rather interesting lineup, I'll, I'll tell you why now. Anyway, I've seen goal was Ross Fitzsimmons. We know about Ross got professional contract at Palace. Um, you know, quite quite highly rated amongst the young keepers who all like got David Gregory there as well. Um, I think he was on the bench, might even have come off the bench. <coughs> And obviously young uh, Tom King as well. He's had a bit of a time of injuries, but obviously very highly rated. Uh, Alistair Gordon played at right back. He's the lad we got for Chelsea last season. Again, he's on a professional contract, I believe. Um, it's a guy called Jacob Berkeley Agyopong. 
um, who played in left back. Now, he was an under-16 last year, I believe. Um, one, of the got, one of the lads who's come out of the Oasis Academy, I think, uh, starting to reap some rewards there. Uh, by accounts of those who were at the game, I think uh, Matt Woosnam, who's uh, now looking after five-year plans online presence, um, he was at the game tweeting and, and seemed quite impressed by him. So, um, interesting, we got uh, got some options there at uh, left-back with Jerome Williams being about as well, who... who got into the England under-16s, I think, last season. Uh, Gus Sal was back in the midfield. Um, guys, you uh, let, me, let me come to you, really. Let's talk about Gus Sal. Um, if I start with you, Tony, you've not had a bit to say. I don't know how much you're aware of Gus Sal, but he's a young player, obviously, in, in midfield who was tipped to make the breakthrough into the first team last season. He got an injury playing pre-season against Cray Wanderers and um, stress fracture to the leg. Um how, how difficult do you think? Oh, not you. Oh, well, no. I've started talking to you on air and everything. Like, it's live and that. Oh, it's embarrassing, isn't it? I feel a bit embarrassed, certainly. Mm. You don't know anything about Gus, though? I've... No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is fun. Um, isn't, he, um, isn't, what, he, what a... isn't he considered somewhat behind Hiram Botang? Yeah, this is the same sort of position. Person. This, Stuart, this is exactly the point I was going to come to, really. Obviously, what, what you've got is a situation where you've got Gus, who's exactly in that position, central midfielder, um, you know, good on the ball, box-to-box, uh, tipped for great things. Uh, I think the, the comment on him when he was a 13-year-old was, if he don't make it, you know, no-one's got a chance kind of thing. He was, he was that highly thought of. And Hiram Boateng, you know, wasn't really spoken about, although I think he's, he's a touch younger. Um and one little injury pre-season, and and the whole, the whole thing's flipped around. Now, Boateng was, you know, obviously he was in Portugal, so he wasn't playing in this game. He's with the senior squad now. Um, and it's potentially a long way back for someone like Sal. Yeah, I mean, I'd, it's, it, I mean this is the dilemma you have when you have such a good academy, I think. That's the problem. It's There's just so many good youngsters out there that <laughs> there, is just, there isn't enough room for all of them. And... It's, it's, it's going to be part of the parcel where we are going to be letting go of some good players um, purely because we've got other ones that are better. Joe, mm. um, if I could sort of bring you in on this, you, you wanted to make a point? Yeah, no, it wasn't about that. I just, I, I, you were struggling to try and fill that little 30 seconds. Someone said to me earlier that you did a, a Dougie Friedman impression. I just was trying to fill time. I know you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I'm not going to be that. So, <laughs> uh, Tony, you um, you suddenly became talkative for a second there. What can I? Um, I wanted to sort of go on the what Stuart was saying about letting players go. It's a shame, but the unfortunate thing is because we've now gone up a league as well. Um, I hope it doesn't happen, but you'd expect that the chances for the younger players and taking risks might also go down a bit. Mm, it's it's a good point. I mean, we talked to. Steve Parrish at the end of the season and funnily enough I was listening to it at work I like to listen to myself on my iPod um, and um, I was listening to, to Steve's comments on that because we asked him that question uh, and he, he made a really good point and he said that because of the, the limit of 25 on the squad um, you can have as many young players as you like so realistically if you get a few injuries in midfield you know, the, suddenly there could be a chance for someone like Boating or even you go as far back as Gus Sell but um uh, yeah, certainly, certainly, we've got a, a new challenge in in the academy and the, this development squad. I think last season was the first year of the, the sort of the the new elite squads and the leagues and the way it worked and all that sort of stuff. And I, I think we had we pretty much had universally terrible results as an under twenty one squad. You had we were we were sort of like you know it was a handful of youth players here, a couple of reserve players here, and and all this sort of stuff. And it was. Um, it was kind of like we, we never really had a team. All the teams that we were playing had been together. Like I remember the Liverpool game vividly. Liverpool um, had pretty much, you know, within two or three players, the same team that had played us in the FA Youth Cup like three seasons previously. You know, they'd moved through together as an age group, and all of a sudden, you you know, you've got this this team, this unit, come and play us, and it's. Like I say, because we're, we're, we're Palace, we're picking and choosing players from various different bits and just getting them game time. We didn't look competitive. Now, it's one game and it's against East Grinstead, but, you know, and we had we had a team of trialists, but I'm hoping that the development squad's going to be better used now we're in the Premier League. Uh, Joe, you had a point on Boating. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he, he was blooded last year, um, and I thought he played really, really well. Um, <laughs> what was he, 16? Uh, 16 when he played that? Yeah, yeah, 75 minutes? Yeah, I mean, he was just, he was just very, very good. Um, and I think this so, year... Go on, sorry. No, sorry, I'm just trying to think of when it was. It was a Stoke game, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. but, he's, but he, just, he just played extremely well, and I think that he's going to be pushed through to, to play in the in the minor cup games I think this year I think I think we really have unearthed another gem from the from the academy I think he's something someone to look forward to he, he's uh you know he's uh, I mean I, I make no secret of how much of a fan I am of O'Keefe um and he he strikes me as as obviously in a very much in that same role of Harry harass hard tackling um and, and hopefully he can, uh, you know, hopefully he's got the ball passing ability. You know, I, I really do think we should be should be looking closer to home instead of panicking about these buys. You know, I mean, well, that, I know someone said famously said, you know, you, you won't win anything with kids, but it was that you know he was talking about the Man United Academy. But for years we have we have unearthed players that have gone on to play for all the biggest clubs now. So I don't see how we should be, our players should be overawed and overlooked um, when, you know, after spending a year, two years in our first team, they graduate from the academy, get into the first team, and then they're up playing for, for Chelsea and Man United. You know, yes. I, I think we should, be, we should be encouraging them to stay and to play for us. And hopefully, you know, we've, obviously, we didn't know we were going up. So the 15 million for, you know, um, for Zaha was, was, was a fantastic effort all rounds and it was guaranteed money if we didn't go up but now we have gone up all of a sudden we've got squillions instead of millions <laughs> and uh and 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 it'll be a lot of people um really a lot of people me included wishing that we hadn't a sold wolf mm. uh, anyway sorry mark uh gel uh stuart wanted to say something there yeah, just on the point that Gel's making, I mean, obviously there was um, there was news coming out of Portugal that um, six youngsters had gone with the first team to, to Palace, and I, I haven't read or heard anywhere um, who those six were, to be honest. I mean, we can make a guess, I guess. Um, and Alessane, I think, was pictured out there. Um, yeah, he was, yeah. Yeah, and obviously Botang went out there as well. But yeah, quite highly got but I'm I'm right. I'm not sure on the other four. Quade Taylor wasn't because he was on the East Grinstead team. Correct. Team yeah. Soleil um, so. Kai Kai went. Right. Um, I believe Ibris Sakaja looked like he was in one of those pictures as well. Well, I don't know if he's counted as a youth player or not. Um, but I, yeah, I, not complete. I'm not 100 percent sure. Ricardo De Silva was out there, wasn't he? Yeah, um, I, I, I just don't know what's considered as a youth team player. Yeah, yeah, because some of those guys have already made the, like Botang, like you touched upon, has already been in the first team. Is he considered as a youth team player? Um, well, he's, the, he's all he's all over the whole he's all over the whole club, isn't he? He's, he's in the uh, the the youth side. He's in the eighteens, the twenty ones, mm. and the first team. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, he really is. He has now become well, almost. But, a dick. but dragging us. Dragging us back to the point, uh, Tony, go on actually before I do that. I was going to actually ask about the, um, the youngsters you think that have gone out there. Do you think, for example, um, Alessani might actually get in the squad? Because he would certainly solve uh, a wing problem. That we... um, no. Do you know, it, this is the thing. I, for, I, I don't watch anywhere near as much of the youth as I used to, unfortunately, because I elected to start doing pretty much every, every first team game. And it's, you know, it's been a bit... Um, it's been a bit bit of a shame really to miss out on that so I'm kind of relying on what other people are saying and and but what what's been said to me you know what I've observed really is is that Kai Kai is possibly slightly more likely to get involved beforehand but Alessani you know he's take he was taken to Portugal for a reason um in that you know he he has all the talent um to make a similar impact to Wilf, in my view, from from what I've seen, and when you see the sort of the performance he put in against uh, Man United last year, in I think it was the under 18s, uh, it was just it was absolutely sensational. And you know he could you know put in three people on the deck just you know just by running at them, and it's you know he's well, got something very 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 special. No, mm. you know, that was the point I was going to make. I watched him. Obviously, I, you know, I don't see many youth games, but uh, I watched that game against Man United that was on TV, the live game, and he was just unbelievable. He just ran them, <laughs> ran them into, you know, 
in, in, ran them all over the place. Um, and and I, I, I sort of put a thread up actually on, on Homestale on, uh, the other day and just uh, wondering if, um, you know, if the Zaha replacement is right under our noses and won't cost us a penny and whether that, that guy is Alassane and whether he I know, can um, I know get Reece, a few games. Reese himself few... retweeted that on Facebook, um, Twitter, sorry, I saw that. So he obviously thinks that he is. Um, Tony? Yeah, I was going to say, I remember seeing him at the Dulwich Hamlets match uh, last year and he, he was absolutely fantastic. And I remember when... Um, I hate to say when Dougie came on the pitch, um, you could see that he just seemed to, his, his vision just coming on the pitch, he just knew exactly where to put the ball. So I think when he plays with better players, um, you know, in the first team squad, I think he could really flourish. I, I think, I think that's, you're absolutely right. I think seeing him play alongside Dougie, it, it made him twice the player, well, 10 times the player, to be fair, um, on, that, on that day. Because he was, even though it was pre-season, you know, and even though we're talking a year ago, you know he was in effect, he was ineffective until he got you know you basically you put someone classy alongside him, and his his own class then shone through. It was, it was impressive. Joel, you're uh, you've got a point. Uh, you're usually got something quite negative to say. So let's see what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, we just to talk about Alessandro. The only times I've seen him, he's just been a bit lightweight and and doesn't pass enough for me. I mean, for, 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 we were just having that little private chat and we were saying about. Williams, you know, size-wise, Williams against Alassane, but size-wise, they might be the same height, but but I'm telling you, Williams now, he's got more vision than half the players in the Premiership, and we'll find that. He it- looks for he looks for players. He looks for balls that other, that other players... But it's, it's not, I, I don't want to start turning this into an argument about, you know, what they can and can't do. I think he may be another two years away from the first team, Alassane. Otherwise, mm. you know, if he really was the player that we were... We were looking for. We we wouldn't be looking at spending, you know, um, one and a half million Spain for other players. Um, I've yeah. To sort of counter what you're saying though, um, take us take you back to something that again that Steve Parish was saying at the end of the last season. He was talking about Wilf, and he was saying that with Wilf it was a case of every time you put him in a situation, you asked him a question. Um, he would he would do something that you kind of didn't expect him to do. You know, he'd kick on that extra level. And I'll take you to, to Nathaniel Klein as well, someone who wasn't particularly highly thought of. as a, You know, he had um, Michael Abnett ahead of him at youth level as, as a right-back, and I don't even know if he's playing anymore, Abnett. But, but Klein was one of those who, for whatever reason, Bill Warnock just saw something there in, you know, his attitude and the way he played, and he thought, I'm going to stick him in the first team, and he shone. And I, I do think that there's a, there's a case with developing players to, to give them a taste of something, just to say, look, you know, here is here is the first team environment. We did it with Boateng last year. You know that was a. I think that was a really good thing to do. And as fans, we always want to see it carry on, don't we? We always want to see. Oh, you know, this young player's got in. You know, I want to see this seventeen-year-old dominate the midfield against a Premiership club, and I want him to do it week in, week out. But it's too much to ask of young players. But it's good to blood them. It's good to give them that hunger. And some of them will see that. And some like. I hate to say it because it's almost swearing, but John Boster got his little taste, of, little taste, didn't he, at 15 years old? And he thought, he thought well, that was easy. I, I can do that somewhere else, and I'll do it better. And he's just gone to to Antwerp, which is um. He just thought he was doing his Spurs yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, Brentford though, Chris, give him some credit. Yeah, yeah, it's a fair point. Yeah, but what I mean is, like, it's it's almost the the way to see how they're gonna, whether they've got. You know, got it mentally, and whether you know what they've got to, is to give them that chance. I firmly believe Alassane will be a fantastic player for us. I, I don't think you're wrong in saying it'll be a couple of years, Jill. But and the other thing I wanted to mention about Williams before I let Tony speak was um, the other thing about Williams is he might be short, right? But he's a really, really strong lad. Do you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. he's not. You, he does. He, you kind of almost think it is this little kid, but he's not. You see the way he puts himself about that football pitch. You see what he did, to, you know, to Carl Henry up at Molyneux last yeah. season. Henry would just kicked him about the place, and you know, well, it just got to a point. Williams thought, "I'm not having this anymore." He put him down a few times, and then he puts. Well, they did. They season. targeted him. They didn't. They, they, did. they targeted yeah, yeah. him the whole game, and, and he wouldn't have it. And that's what I like. He's going to get that in his career, and you know, he's got a little bit of a, an issue with with cramp and muscle issues that, you know, start happening after he plays about an hour and stuff. But, but he won't get that in this year, though, will he? He won't no, get no. the big centre-back smashing him for no reason just to try and put him out of the game. He'll have the bit, protection of the it. Premier League. Bit of freedom. And I honestly think he is one of the reasons that Andre Moritz won't be at Palace next year. I think we wanted... I think Holloway quite rightly thought, you know what, it's, let's 
let's keep a little space open here for the likes of Johnny Williams and, and Kyle De Silva coming back. He's he probably need to go out on loan De Silva, but he's got he's a really special player as well. Sorry, Tony, ages ago you wanted to speak. No, I just I'm sort of supporting your fact. I was going to say the thing to remember about Alessani <laughs> is he is under the age of 21, so he's not part of the 25 man squad. We can take him along. He can get as much experience as he needs to get. Exactly. I think the um, the disadvantage he's got is the fact that players like Moses and Zaha. You know, we were looking to blood them in in championship squads, so it makes it, you could argue, easier to blood them in because the quality um, around the league isn't as good. But with the Premiership, you worry about taking risks, and that's why he's just unfortunately come at this point. That is, that is what, it, what it comes down to, is it's the risk element. And certainly, if, as expected, we're, um, you know, we're, we're fighting against relegation through the whole season. It's really hard to envisage a time where we're going to take a risk. Having said that, you know, there's a lot to be said for a bit of desperation sometimes. I think going back to when Warnock was in charge and he threw Sean Scano in, um, who just, you know, when he first burst on the scene, that made a big impact just with pace and, you know, directness out on the wing. And there's, you know, it, it basically, I don't know if Sean would have got a chance if it hadn't been for, you know, for a bit of desperation there. So it's an interesting time. It really is. But, um, you know, let's we won't get too bogged down in that. I think we've we've covered that pretty well. Um, I want to talk a little bit about um, just just to quickly mention that the goals in that East Grinstead game. It was two from Quasi Apaya, um, as we mentioned before. Um, and I just wanted to mention that, that obviously Apaya not travelling to Portugal and given our lack of strikers uh, would suggest perhaps Joe that maybe Apaya's um, time is sort of cooked his goose. Yeah, yeah. I said yeah. to you last year, didn't I? I, I you know. As much as a nice guy he might be, but you know there was a level, and I just didn't think the champ- I didn't think championship was his level. Mm. Um, but I mean, by by bringing in the players that we have, I mean it sends out it does send out a complete clear message to him, you know that he's going to be fourth. I mean he's you know he's 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 going to be behind Murray, and Murray's not back till I don't know Christmas, but mm. well, maybe after. So yeah. Um, but it's a, it's a shame, but that, that unfortunately, you know, you know what it is, Chris. When you're around football for a long time, you do see people, you know, you, you see it before them sometimes. Yeah. And it must be it must be disheartening for him to see other forwards coming into the uh, coming into the club, um, and then he's you know he, he must be thinking, shall I move on? All all he can do, mate, obviously, is get his head down and work hard, and that that sort of comes for a lot of them. Um, obviously, in that in that. Game, when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Going back to his screens, we only got about half, well, only got four players into the team. I'll run for it really, really quickly because there's a few I want to pick out there. Uh, the centre-back partnership there was Ryan Innes and Michael Chambers. Obviously, we know an awful lot about Ryan Innes. Um, he's gone a bit quiet uh, last season. Um, by all accounts, lost a little bit of form, but, but come back quite strongly at the end of the year. You know, one who is tipped for, for very big things. And I don't know really if that's still going to be the case. I really hope so, because he's a really nice lad as, as well as a, you know... Weren't we competing with the big... Sorry, weren't we competing with the big boys for Chambers? Uh, no, I haven't got to Chambers yet. I'll talk about Innes, oh, but um, oh. but yeah, we that's no, fine. We absolutely were, we were, and Chambers. Uh, I'll talk about in a sec, but but very very quickly, Ryan Innes. Um, you know, not, you know, good lad, strong leader leader at the back was representing England for whatever reason. I don't know if he you know got a couple of knocks or something like that. hasn't wasn't really wasn't really sort of you know fulfilling perhaps that potential. But as a centre back, he's a young you know he's a young lad. He can only be about eighteen, so uh, you know probably still growing. So. You know, plenty of time to uh, to make good on this promise. But I think this season will be uh, an interesting season for him. I wouldn't be surprised to see him go out and get a bit of game time. Uh, Michael Chambers is one. Obviously, you mentioned we competed. Man United were looking at him. 
Um, I think he, he actually had um, he was released from Reading a few seasons back, and he did what a lot of young lads from um, the area are doing, which is which is go up and uh, play down at, uh, at Dulwich. And it was they've got a little system going there where they pick out players who have uh, left professional clubs and they give them another go. Obviously, we've got Quay Taylor from there as well. Uh, you know, who's, who's a decent prospect himself. Uh, but Chambers, uh, Gary Essert took a bit of time to speak about and said, you know, obviously he had a horrible time with injuries. Apparently he got, um, I think he said a hamstring injury and then he had shin splints. I don't know if anyone's ever had shin splints, but horrible things if you're trying to be a professional football player. You just, you know I mean? You just, if you can't run or perhaps, you know, or even walk every time you exercise, it becomes a real problem, obviously. But, you know, he, he, he's he's one who's got to kick on. But centre backs, guys, let's let's talk about it. how often do you get a centre back come through the youth and, and get in the first team? And can you remember many? No, but we have got we have got some though, Chris. So we did the commentary last year, mm. and we saw them. They just look really they look really comfortable, really good on the ball. Mm. But do they? You know, that's the that's the chance you take. I mean, you can take the, take the chance of a forward, and if he doesn't score, you know, he gets kicked up in the air, but. By the by, the, the the opposition, you think, oh, fair enough. You know, it's, it's not his day. But with a with a centre back, if he makes a mistake, he's going to get castigated. You saw it last year, Man United. You know, they had that that young kid, 16, 17 years old, and they blooded him in a cup game. They made three mistakes and they got beat. You know, um, yeah. I, I just think it's it's very harsh. And you haven't heard, you know, I haven't heard of him since. So, but from what I've seen, you know, it, we definitely have got these. You know what, what I would deem is players for the future, for, for our future, not for anyone else's future. Now, for yeah. our future. Well, they've all got a chance. These lads, they really have. Like, I mean, I talked about Ennis and Chambers there, and I, I mentioned Quade Taylor. Quade Taylor was every time I've seen the lad play, he's just looked good to me. He's you know what I mean? He's, he's just looked assured. He reminds me style-wise. He reminds me a little bit of like Rio Ferdinand. I'm not saying you know he's going to be get anywhere near that sort of level, but I just mean in terms of being a, a out and out you know, defender, but also being comfortable to t- sort of take the ball out of defence, you know, and offer a goal threat as well up the other end. He, you know, he's he's a talented young player and it's nice to have these options. Uh, Tony? They are. They're... I was going to say that Chambers, I saw him uh, last year at uh, Dulwich Hamlets as well when they, he played for us and uh, he did look like a tidy player. He's a really big player as well. Mm. Oh, for his age, yeah, he's a big lad, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, again, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you, you kind of think, it was only a, I think it was only half a season he played at Dulwich before we went came in for him, and you think, you, why have Reading let him go? You know, <laughs> I know it happens. It happens all the time. We've let players go in the past, and you know, and sort of. Well, I think I can't remember too many that we've regretted, but um, I think sort of Stephen Hunt was probably one, maybe. But yeah, it's a strange one, really. But yeah, g- you know, good solid players. Um, anyway, just to move us on quickly, Jake Gray, who we got from Wickham last year, had a, you know, had a really good. Um, Really good season last year. Um, um, <coughs> sorry, I'm just getting more notes from the producer there. I'm not quite sure what he's talking about. Don't don't think I did, but anyway. <coughs> you can't you can't hear it, Chris. But you're getting a little bit of feedback, and it sounds like you're going. I know exactly what it was. It's, uh, it's my mobile phone. Apologies. Apologies for that. Um, it shouldn't but happen I, I, again. I'll, t- I'll tell you the other thing as well, Chris. Is uh, yep. is that what what we what what we noticed? I don't I don't know if you remember this when we played Liverpool and Man City. Um, when we played Liverpool, Man City last year the, in the youth, the, how big their players were. Like mm. they were just all six foot plus, and they towered over our players. And and I think that's what we're going to or that's what we would have noticed if we don't start bringing bigger bigger physically bigger people uh, people into the club you will notice uh, you'll notice this year how big the premiership sides are they're all most of their team if they uh, the 11 players on the park i would say at least nine will be six foot plus you know it's uh that, that's that that's the complete difference i noticed with when we played the top sides in with the 18s and 21s last year how big they were especially that said the the uh the center midfielder i mean it was the uh the four for liverpool i mean he was just a giant it was a six two, six three, fourteen stone. I'm just pretty sure that was Andre Wisdom who's playing, you know, regularly first team games at Liverpool now. Um 
But you, you know, can see he just he just ran the game. But what I'm saying is mm. you'll see that the that the Premiership sides they're all made up of really big. But apart unless you unless they're exceptional, you know, like the, like the Man City players seem to have a few small ones, but then they are exceptional. Yeah. You know. See, this is the thing, Joe. You're, we're getting into that territory where we start talking about the English game versus you know a more cultured game that perhaps you get in Spain, or, and, and us favouring these you know you know the physically big players, and and you know we've well, and they lead us nicely into it. Actually, um, we've we've signed a we've signed a one one such player ourselves. We've spent well. The Peterborough chairman says it was a deal that was worth much more than four million pounds. We've seen six and a half million pound mentioned. We've seen eight and a half million pound mentioned. Uh, I'm sure it's all add-ons. And if this happens, if that happens, if he plays for uh, Man United on the moon or something like that. But like you know, we've signed Dwight Gale. Now Dwight Gale was an Arsenal player who was released for being too small. Um, you know, went into went into non-league. I think went to Stansted, scored fifty odd goals in the season, then scored forty odd for Bishop Stortford and. Uh, on loan from Dagenham, and then Dagenham, you know, sold him on to Peterborough, and then suddenly, suddenly he's a Premiership player, and being tipped for the uh, for the England squad in the not too distant future. And you know, we'll, we'll come back to him in a sec. But you know, that's that's just one player. You know, we've got Johnny Williams. Now Johnny Williams is probably you'd argue, oh, you know, look at him, he's too small to be a central midfielder. We know different. You know, he's a fantastic central midfielder, and and I worry, and I I know what you're saying, but I. You know, if you can, I suppose if you can combine physical size and the talent, you kind of got the the ultimate player. Um, but then you you get that interesting argument where you, you start going looking at world football and you look at the difference between Ronaldo and Messi. You know, but there we go, uh, Tony. I think it makes a big difference on where on the pitch you are. I think the smaller you are, you can get away with it further up the pitch. But I think. When you get to the uh, backs and the goalkeeper, you need tall players because obviously they're the ones that are going to be heading the ball out and, all, and the goalkeeper's ca- is catching it. I, mean, I remember years and years ago when uh, Chelsea had Kudicini and they brought in Czech and everyone said, well, why are they doing that? Kudicini is a fantastic goalkeeper. But Czech being taller just seemed to reach balls, you know, fingertip saves a lot better. Yeah, yeah. That's, no. that's, that's the reason why, I think. I thought yes, you're absolutely right. Just to talk about positional, and I think it, it, it can actually, depending on the style of play as well, it can, it, you know, it could be necessary to have a big, big player up front, a big lump up front sometimes. But depending on the style you play, and sometimes it's not necessary. You know, it varies from style as as much as it does from from position. But you know, <clears throat> I don't think there's any one set way of doing it. But I think what we were talking about quite rightly was was the youth players and and, and the, them coming through. But um, but I think we kind of need to to sort of move on a little bit. Uh, we've only got 20 minutes left, and, um, you know, I want to go to the gym in a bit. <laughs> oh, should I say that online? Anyway, um, anyway, like I said, uh, the first first team friendly is at Dagenham on Saturday. Uh, I'll be tweeting on from the game on the at HOL Radio Twitter account. Um, and then followed that on the 23rd uh, with our live commentary from Gillingham which um, should be interesting at the very least. Uh, we've also got a live commentary from Crawley shortly afterwards, but obviously keep an eye on uh, our Twitter account and our Facebook account for information on that. Um, let's talk about transfers. Guys, I mentioned Dwight Gale. Um, before I give my opinion, I'm going to ask each of you what you think. Um, may I start with you, please, Stuart? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's a strange one, really, isn't it? Because of the you know the, the the sums of money that's being touted as to how much we paid for him um i i don't believe it will be anywhere near eight million that we've paid for him i think it'll be more along the lines of four million um and i i think we've got ourselves a good deal to be honest um i i, I can I, although obviously we didn't pay anything for him at the time i can see similarities in um the signing of ian wright that we made back back in the 80s um, I think he's a very raw talent, as Wright was, and I think he's only going to get better. Um, and that's what CPFC uh, 2010 invest in, isn't it? In players that are going to get better and going to get better, um, going to get more value on them um, in the end. But yeah, I, I just think it's you know there were 12 clubs in for him. Um, I think we obviously done well to get him, especially with uh, obviously Harry Redknapp being involved as well. Uh, so um, yeah, I think it, it was a good first signing of the summer, and um, let's hope more to come. Joe, mm. uh, you've got some opinions on Dwight Gale? No, no, just just on Gale, and uh, just has just been alluded to. 
he's uh, he, he's like uh, like Ian Wright was when uh, when he first came to Palace. I think we've all we all know what Murray's like in the air. Murray can flick on. I, f- I think they, that they can be the new right and bright. I really honestly do. I said it before, I'll say it again. I really do think that the, the exciting times when Murray gets back, he is good in the air, he's good at hold-up play, and I think that they, will, they are a perfect foil for each other. Mm. It's an interesting point. I know you're saying you agree as well, Tony, but um, I, don't, I, think, I, think we're not, I don't think we're going to see two up front. I really don't, and I I kind of I love the sort of the romantic idea of getting these you know getting back to a couple of lads up front you know the big guy and the little guy and all that sort of stuff and nostalgia and all that blah 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 blah. But I think those days are, are gone in terms of that style of play. Having said that, I think Gale will be used in and around Murray in in terms of those the three positions that sort of float behind if you like. And I think in some situations you will find Gale. Um, Gale up alongside Murray, uh, when, hopefully when he's fit and hopefully back firing on all cylinders. Um, but I think you can also go in those wide positions as well. I think it'd be interesting. Uh, Joe? Oh, just, yeah, just quickly, just quickly on that, I, I think if we don't play two up front, I think we need to take the attack to, to the Premiership this year. If we try and sit back and defend, we, we will suffer a lot, lot we did last year. Or the year, the year before, sorry. But we're, we're not a sit-back and defend. The, the, the thing with Palace is attack is our best form of defence. And I think if we if we take... We're, we're a massively unknown quantity. They're going to see little old Crystal Palace with their crappy ground and their, and their fans that don't stop singing. See us as a, a little bit of a... You know, the new boys will go down there, kick their asses, and that's it. I think mm. if we attack them, I think they'll be surprised. Oh, so, and everyone is up hey. for it right the way through from us, right the way through to the players. OK. Uh... Yeah, we'll comment on that, but Tony, quick. Yeah, I'm just hoping Holloway does play an attacking team. I mean, he's known as an attacking manager. I think um, having two up front could make sense. I mean, we know that Wilbraham is not the best finisher in the world. I mean, the playoff final indicated that. But what he certainly does do is he manages to get head to ball and he always brings the ball down. He could definitely bring Gale in. Mm, Yeah, I'd be very surprised if we don't sign someone else up top, uh, personally. I I really do appreciate the job that Wilbraham did. I don't see him... If we do, uh, then he's going to be fourth or fifth, then, isn't he? Yeah, I don't, I don't see him having a, a, a part to play realistically. But, you know, maybe I'll be shocked by that. I, you know, maybe Holloway will think it, he's exactly the sort of player, you know, until Murray's back, that, that will bring out the best in Gale. You know, I, I do honestly, I, I think I think we're going to see quite a fluid system. I do think we're going to see a lot of interchange of positions. I think if you look at the people we're signing in terms of, we'll talk about both of them. We've got Dobby and, and Jerome Thomas as well. Uh, you look at Johnny Williams in there. You look at Yannick Balassi around there. Uh, look at some of the people we're targeting. I think you're looking at a very fluid front four uh, while, while Murray's out, at the very least, because Murray was the focal point of an attack. But I think whether Gale will, will be doing that. He does seem to hold the ball up well when I've seen him. Um, I think, to be honest, Gale reminded me more. The way he, the runs he makes and, and the way he works reminds me of AJ, but he's got a touch of Armstrong about him as well in the way he shoots. I don't know. I don't know if that makes sense. Don't even remember Chris Armstrong, but he just—he had this thing where he just—it sounds stupid to say it, but he just had a shot. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, he put his foot through the ball, didn't he? Yeah, it, yeah. He just his mind. As soon as he got that ball, he was like, "How am I going to get a shot? How am I going to get my foot behind exactly. this and have a go?" Um, exactly. You know. Holloway said to Wilf, didn't he? Put your foot through it. Mm. I was going to yeah. say a bit like Yannick, but actually putting it on target. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Yannick likes a shot, but um, yeah. Uh, actually, Tony, you've mentioned as well there uh, one of the, one of the targets, Peter Odin Wingy. Um, n- well, I say that that's one that's not been confirmed by Palace or by West Brom, but it's been rumoured for the whole summer. Um, you know, sometimes it's been said it's a it's a close run thing. Sometimes it's not. That's a guy at the end of the day. That's a guy who scores goals in the Premier League, and if he comes in, and he's a, another one who can play across across those positions as well. He's got pace to play centrally, but he can also play out wide as well, and has done for, for West Brom. So that'd be a very very interesting signing. But let's um, <coughs> excuse me, oh, apologies. Uh, we've got uh, we've got the, the two confirmed signings. I want to talk about Stephen Dobby now because that's. Well, there have been some interesting opinions on Dobby. Uh, I want to get your views, Tony, because obviously you'd have seen him last season. Um, we signed, we agreed to sign him as a Championship Football Club. Uh, has he got what it takes to play in the Premier League? I think it's a difficult question, really. Um, I think he's definitely a good player. He's a very good Championship player. Um, 
but whether he can hack it in the Premiership is another thing. I mean, he's he's not you know he's he's not a young player either. I think he's 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 either thirty or coming up to it. Um, you know, he likes to have a shot, but he's not clinical. Um, and I, I can I can only see him being in the squad to start. I mean, I, I said to a lot of my friends at the beginning of the season, I think Garvin is what makes our team tick. And you only have to look at the fact that when Garvin was injured, that's when we went through our bad spell. As soon as Garvin came back, we suddenly went unbeaten again. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I personally think Garvin makes the better passes. Uh, Dobby might be a better finisher, but I think Garvin makes the better passes. He's got the vision and, you know... That, that's my opinion. I, I, I think well, he's going to be playing second fiddle to, to Garvin and potentially Williams. Well, I, I mean, course, I, I, I agree completely with, with Anthony. I mean, I just, you know, I'm, I'm sort of fed up with reading, you know, uh, <laughs> with people's opinions about Garvin and, you know, they, they seem to be very negative about him. And for me, he, he was the player that made us tick last season when, he, when we had our good spell at the beginning of the season and when we you know, when we got over the finishing line at the end, he, you know, he may not look, you know, he runs a bit like Forrest Gump, to be honest, but what he, what he does with the ball is, is pretty good. I and mean, then I think he will, he's one of those players that maybe doesn't stand out as much in the championship, but will excel in the premiership. And I also thought that about Moritz, actually. Um, and, you know, I, I'm a little bit sad that he's gone, but, you know, there isn't room for everyone, sadly. But, you know, I, I just think Garvin is one of those players that, that will be better in the Premiership than he will in the Championship. He'll have more, he'll have more time on the ball. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. The other, the other thing about Garvin is, firstly, he has, he has vision. Secondly, he has end product. And thirdly, he's, he is fantastic at dead balls. So, you know, he really can, he really can put, any, you know, proof of his free kicks and said he got his injury. Um, but I, I see him as, I saw him as a, as a hungrier version of, uh, uh, of as Moritz. And again, I think he, he, I think the club in the end, I think Holloway looked at Andre as a luxury player. And you know what we do with our luxury players? We get rid of them, i.e. Ambrose. Don't we? we you know, if, if, if we've got players, two or three, I mean, what was he going to do? He was going to come on. If, if we needed a bit of culture, you bring Moritz on. If you needed some hard work, you bought O'Keefe on. And if you, if you wanted a bit of guile and, and, and craft, then you, you, you got Garvin. Yeah, I think we've got we've we've got a really really good midfield. We really have, and then you can take Banton, put Banton into that. So no one's talked well, about Banton yet. Well, there's That's a reason for that. <laughs> um, oh, go on. There's an indication he might be moving on today. Um, oh really? Don't know what. It's um yeah, it's an interesting one. That I, I don't really know what's going on in that situation. Uh, uh, how many clubs has he had? Seven, eight, nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I say we don't we don't know. We'll wait for, we'll wait for confirmation before going on any kind of comment on that. Really. Well, that'd be but, a shame. Um, yeah, but I mean, having said that, it depends who's coming in and who we're signing. I mean, you know, I, there's there's players possibly ahead of him, and you know what I mean. And like Yannick Bellassi was out of the team last year for quite a period of time, and I know who I'd want back. And, and we're looking, we you know, obviously we are feeling being linked with with more and more midfield and attacking players. Interesting, we're not being linked with too many defenders. There's, I think there's a German left back we're being linked with today. I uh, forget his name. It will come to me in, in a minute. Um, but come on, the other the other sign we've made is Jerome Thomas. Anyone got any uh, opinions on him? Mm, definitely silence. <laughs> Jerome Jerome Thomas uh, obviously he went on loan to to Leeds last year, and his first game for Leeds was against Palace. And he was he man was, of the match, yeah. He was just superb. Absolutely took us apart, and I couldn't be happy to, to see him sign for Palace. I think it's kind of it's one of those. It was rumored and rumored and rumored and rumored and rumored, and it was done. It was done, but nothing was announced. And then it seemed that the club had forgotten to announce it, and because he had already because Holloway confirmed on Talksport he had signed. So it was all a bit of a it's almost a bit of a damp squib of an announcement in the end that that he'd actually signed for us. And to me, it's been it's more important than the Gale signing for me. Like Gale for me is is going to be one who hopefully will score goals in the Premier League straight away, but there's no real guarantee of that. But he's you know he's a good, solid, sensible investment. Jerome Thomas is a player for now. He's a player for like, you know, let's let's give this a go of staying up in this league next season. He he is a player for that. And end of the day, he's, he's a winger. You know, he's a wide player. We've lost Will for who you know who's our best player by some distance in my view last season. Um, in terms of the effect that he had on the side and in, in chance creation and what have you, and all that sort of stuff. Obviously, you know, Jednak player of the season, blah, blah, blah. I won't get into what, what I mean. But in terms of actual ability, Wilf 
Wolf for me was our best player. We, we've lost him. Um, and I don't think that Jerome Thomas should be seen as a replacement for him. I think he should be seen as uh, a way of dealing with his loss, if that makes sense. Um, I think it, it shows that there's going to be a slight change of how we play. Um, there'll be more of responsibility shared around that front unit, if you like. But, um, uh, Joe, you've written in capital letters, newsflash. Yeah, no, only just, uh, obviously, I've got two windows up on my laptop here, and is mm. I'm on Twitter, and um, Bromley have scored against Cholton. Oh, thanks for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> just like to keep everyone uh, updated. You know how much I'll get on with our clowny friends from over the other side yeah. of London. Um, Stuart, you've quite rightly pointed out, Oliver Sorg is the German player I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah indeed. So uh, I think German Youth International, a uh, place of Freiburg or some Freiburg or whatever they're pronounced um, yeah yeah so that's that's an interesting one if that if that comes to fruition um bloody hell, only seven minutes left are we going to get through all this probably not um there's all sorts of trialists i want to mention a few of those um jake nicholson uh, scored a fantastic goal for um for the uh, development squad against east grinstead we also signed that ishmael who has apparently signed as a um a youth player there was a guy on trial a french guy i think Irie B or something like that who's played for um, Blackpool last season yeah. uh, also I just want to mention that Paul Bristow has quite rightly corrected me on Facebook in that I keep referring to it as the Premiership and it hasn't been that since 2007 it's the Premier League uh, but I do like to live in the past um, so there you go so you're, um, so you're close hey <laughs> Again, there we get better this is, it's been a good warm up we're, we're, we're coming together six minutes left of the show and we're really starting to motor now. Um, anyone got any picks out of the rumours they want to talk about? Stuart, I know you had a look at a few. Uh, Jake Nicholson. Um, well, rumour, he's on trial, obviously. But he's, um, I don't know, he's, he's obviously been talked about quite a bit. Had an exceptional game against East Grinstead. But, you know, it's East Grinstead. It's, you know, Jose Baxter was uh, with a name last year that, you know, one seemed to think was exceptional, but uh, he ended up at Oldham. So it's, you know, it, it's difficult, isn't it, to to say if these players are any good or not and uh, whether they're going to be right for Palace. And you, you just have to sort of trust the management and coaches to to make the right spot. And I think Friedman did last season with Baxter. Um, and you hope that Holloway will do the same. But, yeah, I mean, Nicholson sounds, sounds promising, but you never know. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, again, I like, I like again, it's another midfield player, but I like the fact that we're looking. Interestingly, there are a couple of, um, a couple of strange signs. That, uh, Mark Henry Francis, who appears to be with us permanently now, as an ex-Birmingham youth player, I don't know too much about them. There was, a, I can't remember his first name, but there was a guy, Harriet, who played, was released from Sheffield United, who was on trial with us. So, you know, we're obviously looking around in terms of the youth. We're looking around at maybe people who have not quite done it somewhere else for some reason, but... Um, you know, it's, it's, an, it's an interesting sort of situation we find ourselves in. We're kind of gone up a level, but we're still we're still not abandoning that that philosophy of trying to dig, find these hidden gems and maybe trying to turn a player that someone else has given up on into something good. And I mean, in a way, that that kind of fits the, the you know what seems to be closest in terms of the, the new signings, and that's um, obviously Jose Campagna. Um, you know, if that is confirmed tomorrow, this is this is a guy who's captain Spain under nineteen, was the, the under twenty uh, captain in the most recent under twenty tournament. Um, it's just, I mean, he goes to the staples of football manager. He's rated as a Spanish wonder kid. Um, you know, but then you look at the people. Graham Hunter talked on was on Talksport, and he's you know he's a very experienced journalist who knows an awful lot about Spanish football. Uh, and described it as a bargain and, and praised the scouting network that's managed to pick him up and pick him up for the price that we did. You know, this, this was a guy who was a rumoured target for Barcelona and Madrid. Um, you got you got some thoughts on him, Tony? I just think if if, if the rumours are true that we have actually signed him, like um, Steve Parrish has said, what a coup that is. I mean, this guy can play defensive midfield and if you get him alongside um, Jednak and then have someone like Williams or Garvin up front, what a midfield that could be for a team that have just come up. Mm. Yeah, it really is, and it's a different type of player that we're used to seeing us sign. You know, it's it's a someone who's one. yeah, yeah, I guess yeah. <laughs> <But> you... <coughs> Excuse me, but you know what you know what I mean. It's um, you know, it it, it has a t- uh, it has a real look of ambition about it for a start. But it's someone who, I, one of the things I really really like about being a Palace fan 
is that we have this tendency to only ever have like one player who's happy carrying the ball at any situation. Like for ages, it was Michael Hughes, and you know I used to love Hughesy because I used to watch this team just kicking and oofing the ball around the pitch, and he was just sort of running around desperate for someone to pass to him. You gave him the ball, and suddenly the whole game slowed down, and he just he could put that football wherever he wanted it. You know, it, it wasn't rushed in possession. Like I've always jumped by the end of his career. <laughs> it was a bit, yeah. But do you, do you know what I'm getting at? It's, it, it's. Um, I don't ever think as a, as a football fan you can have enough players who are, are just you can give the ball and they just don't, you know, they don't look under pressure. And we we always seem to have like one of those, and they always end up being my you know my playing hero. And I like the fact that we're starting to look like we've got a few more. You know, Wilf was great for that because you could give Wilf the balls when he's surrounded by three people and he'd still come away with the ball. It's, it was great, great to watch. But in midfield, we're still... Garvin does it, but he's just crying out for it. Who was first? You're all shouting me in the chat. Was it you, Tony? Yeah, I was just going to say the um, the thing with Campano as well. I, I, I reckon if we get him into the squad, get him playing, and we stay up for a couple of seasons, because we've got him for four seasons from the, what the rumours I've heard, I reckon we'll actually sell him for more than we sold Wilf. Oh, it's a distinct possibility if he's... You know, if we're talking about the sort of player that we're rumoured to be talking about, you know, there's, there's all sorts of discussions about he might have a bit of a fondness for the nightlife and all that sort of stuff. So that that's always... That's the thing that puts the doubt in your mind, isn't it? You'll love Croydon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He'll be sitting around on a park bench drinking cider before we know it. But, like, basically... If, if he makes good on his promise, then it's a fantastic investment. It really is. However, whatever the sell-on to Sevilla, it's it's a great investment. Joe, uh, you wanted to interrupt me repeatedly. Yeah, no, just just uh, you mentioned Wilf. Well, I mean, we we all keep mentioning Wilf. Right, well, I know, and there were rumours, and I say it was rumours, and the papers are full of crap at the moment. But that that there are like four or five other Premiership teams want to take him on loan. Mm. You know, West Ham, and I'm just thinking, hang on a minute. I'm sh- he loves our club, and if if Moyes doesn't fancy him, then how would you feel to get him back? Because that, ain't co- that one, yeah, what, he, ain't he ain't coming, coming back. back. He, he ain't coming, coming back. back. And the and the, the main reason is that I was waiting for it, and I'm really happy it's happened. Uh, and David Moyes, after Will come on uh, come on as a sub um, in that preseason game they lost in I think it was Singapore or something, wasn't it? No, Thailand because um, ex Palace youth Tiratep Wunatai scored. Anyway. Um, uh, we'll come up with legends or something, won't it? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you got your anorak on, Chris? I have. Yeah, today. Yeah, sorry. I'm getting back into it now. Oh crap! It's nine o'clock as well. Um, yeah, but very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Just to sort of sign off on that. Um, uh, David Moyes came out and said that Wilf is going to form part of the first team squad. That they have a, you know, they have a history of giving young players a chance, and he's going to get his chance, which is fantastic to hear. And I think really that's the lesson for for any player signing for Palace who's a young player. You know, we we're capable of turning young talent into into quality that goes to the very very top level of the English game. And I dare say that that's um that's probably a selling point that was made to Campania himself. Uh, not that he probably speaks much English or anything, but. You know, I'm, I'm sure that that sort of thing's in his mind that he can come to a club like us, play first team football regularly, um, will be nurtured, will be you know, given the chance to show what he can do. And if the right offer comes along at a big club, we, you know, we don't stand in people's way uh, at the moment, and not until we're big enough to stop them. Anyway, listen, I've really enjoyed that. Uh, I've got to go to the gym, <laughs> so we're gonna to have to end the show there. Uh, as it happens to all in all radio shows, everyone has to leave and you know, go and always announces what they're gonna go and do, but um. <clears throat> Listen, thank you so much to both Tony and Stuart. So if you've got any feedback, guys, do let us have it. I think they did really well today, and uh, I've enjoyed both of their companies. Always enjoyed Gel's company. Thanks, Gel, for uh, stepping you. in. Welcome aboard, fellas. Thank yeah. you. Enjoyed it immensely. Um, we, um, we will almost certainly be doing part two of this, this conversation um, in the very, very near future, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, and obviously, once the season gets underway, we'll be back with the full show. And... Um, we like to uh, open the season in style usually, so I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll have some nice surprises for you um, once the season gets underway. But until then, cheerio. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. 
Your mate's already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.